Hello everybody, welcome to the On The Line Tennis Podcast. It's me, Jack, and my co-host... Gavin, yeah, episode 20. That's a, that's proper grounds for shock, definitely. I mean, that, that's like Netflix deal territory, I think. I know it is, yeah, yeah. When are we getting signed? Like... I know. <laughs> Netflix for listening, I mean, we'll happily take any offers that come our way. <laughs> we've, uh, we've, we've got... A couple of big tournaments to, to cover this week. I'm sure you've heard of them. We've uh, got the ATP finals in Turin and we've got the WTA finals in Guadalajara. We covered a little bit of it last week, so any matches that we don't cover, I'm sure you could catch in the last podcast. But we'll cover the tail end of Guadalajara and then I think pretty much most of the ATP finals. Cause I think only one or two matches matches that have been played when we recorded the last episode, right? Maybe only yeah, I think the first was... day even. Something. Yeah, I think we're in the middle of the third when it was when we were recording. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Djokovic was just wrapping up against Casper, Casper Ruud, Ruud, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so plenty to cover. In case you didn't catch the results, we'll let you know that first. So Garbin Muguruza beat Anik Kontaveit in the final of Guadalajara, and Alexander Zverev beat Daniel Medvedev in the final of the ATP Finals. That Novak Djokovic wanted to roll off the tongue there. Very surprising it was in the final. Yeah, it was a but... surprising result, but we'll get into that later on. Yes, we, yeah. we will indeed, yeah, yeah. Um, where do you want to start off? Do you want to start off at the start of the WTA Finals? Or... I think we got to the, wait, the semi-finals or the final, I can't remember. I think we got to the end of the round robin. Yeah, we didn't cover any of the semi-finals, definitely. No, I don't think so. So yeah, we'll start with that. The semi-finals in Guadalajara. So we had Contevit versus Sakari and Muguruza v Badosa. Did you? How many? Much of that did you see, Gav? So the first one, uh, the uh, Sakari one. Um, that was a very, very good match. Again, Contevit. So I mean, she was just in that kind of form. I was surprised she didn't win the whole thing. To be honest. Yeah. It just seemed like one of those things. It was like written in the stars for me when I was watching. I was like, wow, what what incredible form. I thought, even though it was in Latin America, and you know there was that whole kind of atmosphere at Muguruza, obviously reveled in. I just thought Contevate was like in the sort of form where I thought, yeah, I just, I just envisaged her with the winners' trophy. I don't know about you, but that's that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I've got loads to to say about it. I did an analysis of the final. I think it's really interesting how the the tournament played out. Basically, Contevate was by far the most informed player, and honestly, the conditions did not suit her. So the 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 courts were were you know, high altitude very high altitude, so, yeah. yeah so yeah ball is prone to flying if you're a flatter hitter like contivate and you know you're trying to find the court with big aggressive shots consistently you're going to struggle to do that like over and over again and even against Sakari at times and this is you know i think maybe what you're so impressed by gaff is that contivate maybe didn't play her best tennis at times but when it really counted at yeah, the end I of mean, the third set you know when she was down a break she stepped up massively and i think that's just that's just you know her being so informed that she was able to do that. But honestly, yeah. like she was saying after the the Sakari match in particular, she wasn't used to the the nighttime conditions. So not mm. only does the altitude not suit her, but playing at nighttime means the ball doesn't shoot off the court as easily. She has to put even more on the ball. And I, I think the the only reason Contevit got through that match, you know, if she if she she hadn't won, you know, twenty eight matches prior. Yep. to, to uh, the WTA finals in, in a couple of months I don't think she'd have won that match definitely and there was n- belief, self-belief and exactly there was, there was no no pressure on her or anything mm. like she seemed totally free the last four games she just looked like she knew she was going to win sort of thing whereas Sakari yep. again pulling out the forehand drop shots at 4-15 yeah. up um, I think to, to lose that game yeah, no. yeah there's, a, there's an element of um, 
Sakri just looking unsure of herself, I think, when she moves ahead in a match. Do, since that French Open defeat, having match point and losing yeah. there in the US Open, we saw it in the semis of the US Open as well. You know, the confidence, I think, maybe just a wee bit low. I think when she does get through a big match, that'll come up again. You know what I mean? I think that will sort of, um, you know, she'll be better in those moments, but I think she, until that happens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, you know, it's not like. As confident. Until that happens, it's the sort of, you know, monkey on her uh, shoulder sort of thing. Yeah, waiting um, for it to happen and expecting herself to do it. Back even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, she, actually, she actually said, I, I, I remember we were covering that in the podcast, Gav, she actually said after the US Open semi-final, she, she was talking about the French Open semi-final being yep. her head, almost, you know, fully admitting that that played a factor. Yeah. When I was watching, I was thinking, yeah, this is, this is straight in her head. And I was thinking, oh, no, yeah. please don't. And it was like, oh, God, I'll turn away from the screen, but. Yeah, yeah. And, and and for me as well, I don't know if I, I mean I saw, I saw I saw this sort of tennis abstract do a lovely sort of rundown of the stats of each match and um, Sakari was hitting the ball, you know, officially statistically she was hitting the ball down the middle of the mm-hmm. court a lot of the time. Yep. And for me that says, cultivate, you know, you take, you can take the reins here. If you miss the ball, then I'm gonna win. If you can hit the ball into the corners, you're gonna win, sort of thing. Like, yeah, not giving her the angle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and. You know, Contivate stepped up because she's the informed player, basically. And I think Sakari, that was a misplay for her. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, so, yeah, Contivate definitely deserved to go through to the final there. And her opponent, Muguruza, had made pretty short work of her own compatriot, Paula Bedosa, in yep. the semi finals. No, I was surprised Muguruza made such short work of Bedosa, really. I thought Bedosa would maybe. You know, get that to three sets, considering how well she played in Indian Wells. But I guess the altitude maybe plays a part. You know, it's totally different conditions. Obviously, I think sometimes people don't take that into account. I think some people think, oh, they played well last week. Why not this week? And you've got to, you've got to mention the altitude and the conditions. Totally different. You know. So, yeah, yeah. Well, so, so the altitude can play a lot, of, a big factor on the the ball, but also, mm. Gav, I, for for me, seeing um, I sort of saw the uh, set and a half basically of this match. For me, it looked as though. Bedosa was a, a bit fatigued and altitude can altitude can play a factor in your oh, fitness yeah, as well, obviously. Makes it worse. Yeah, it's a bit yeah. heavier. Yeah. You know, harder to breathe and, and mm-hmm. harder to recover. And certainly she looked slow, she looked like she was waiting for Muguruva to make the errors. I mean, I'll get onto Muguruva's sort of perfect play against Contivate in a second. She pretty much did the same thing against Bedosa. There was no yep. way she was gonna miss, basically. Like I think Bedosa totally again a misplay, but I don't know if she was really fit enough to, to make a different stand, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a good comment to make about the UN finals of both WTA and the ATP. You know, these players have had a long season. It's it's a great event to have, but at the end of the season, it's just unfortunate when you get people not really fit. You know, injuries as well. Saw that with the ATP finals in particular. It's a great event. I think, I think it was Bobby Conning or somebody said it, it's just a shame that at the end of the year, but you can't really fit it, obviously, anywhere else. But it's like, you want it, you want everybody to be at their very best physically, and you can't guarantee that by having it in September. So yeah, it's unfortunate. So then, yeah, I mean, the, the, a lot of the time that sort of, you know, everybody being tired means the most solid player in the field is the one that's going to win. And Muguruza, yep. if there was a word to describe her this week, solid for yep. me, yeah, definitely. So I think Bedosa just wasn't up to it. She looked like nowhere near the player she was in in Indian Wells, basically. But yeah, moving on to the final, Muguruza v Contivate. Unfortunately, I stayed up for this one, Gab. I was doing some uh, tweets on it. I don't think I've recovered to date, to be honest. It was uh, four in the morning finish, basically. It was it was mixed. 
in its level, definitely. I don't know how much of it you saw. Maybe you saw the highlights. Some of the highlights, yeah. Yeah. Took myself to that sleep pattern again. Not <laughs> since high- New York. But... Yeah, no pattern anymore for me, Gavin. I'm afraid it's just. Not even uh... Marcus Buckingham can persuade me to stay up for midnight because he's very good at selling the matches. But as I said, no, sorry, Marcus. I've he's not that good. Watch it. Got to watch the highlights. I'm afraid. And you're right. I mean, it was it was up and down, but. Think that tends to happen in the final in a way. Um, yeah, all, all few nerves. quality in like the semis or quarters. Yeah, I've got a lot to say about this match, Gav. I've got to say, yep. um, oh, there was a lot of so a low contact was a little bit nervy from the start. There was moments where she was definitely um, wired in, but it wasn't enough because of the again because of the conditions. So there's two factors I think that become very relevant in conditions like this, and one in particular is the serve so the serve if you can serve well in the high altitude i mean that puts you miles ahead of the pack because it's so hard to control your ground strokes when the ball's low in the court you know obviously if you serve from high up it's easier yeah, to control yeah no it gets you three points saves you having to hit ground strokes um exactly always going to be an advantage isn't it yeah exactly and straight off the bat mcgriff's serve is better than contabase yeah definitely like that, that's, 100% that, agree yeah. with you there that's a fact. And then the, the other factor as well, uh, yeah, tying into the ground strokes again, if you have to hit more ground strokes in your own service games, I mean, it ties into the same thing, but um, yeah, if you can't finish the point using flatter ground strokes again, then you're, you're going to struggle to finish the points and the extreme semi-Western grip that McGrove uh, uses on her own forehand compared to something closer to an Eastern grip uh, that Contivate uses, I mean, already, again, you, you're setting a precedent for an advantage for, for Muguruza. Absolutely. So, so, so yeah, on those two grounds, just looking at, especially at night as well, Muguruza should have been a clear favourite, and it kind of played out like that. Like there, there, there wasn't really okay. Contivate managed to get a break and serve for the set in the second set, but again, that's just down to her being the foreign player. To be honest, yeah. Um, like Muguruza just blinked. She broke her, had her serve broken just because she, you know, she was the one that messed up rather than the. Yeah, I mean, I guess up. the crowd as well were fully behind Muguruza. Obviously, there's yeah. that element of it as well, and that's yes, yeah. for contemplating for the pressure moment. So, um, I thought Muguruza handled the pressure pretty well, though. I mean, it clearly did. did mean a lot to You know, I think she said before the match that well, she was quite emotional about it being in um, Latin America. So, I mean, there was clearly that connection there with the fans, and it, it was a great event in general. I think um, she definitely hosts it there for years to come. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, we're, we're we're looking ahead. Obviously, it's more of a cross that bridge when it mm. comes to that sort of thing. But yeah, certainly, you know, there's there's grounds to have, host it elsewhere. I don't think it not being in Shenzhen is the end of the world. Definitely yeah. after this season, hundred percent. What I would say about Muguruza again, just to sort of flesh that out a little bit on the serve when she played mm. Krejcikova in the round robin, the first set she played, she won forty percent of her first serves, and from then on in. She was perfect and she alluded to that. She was sort of saying, you know, after playing Krejcikov in that first set, I, I found a serve that I could work with. It was over 70% every single set she played, apart from yeah. one set against Contivate in the first set. But again, that was more down to her than uh, Contivate. I mean, the serve plus one was outstanding. See, this that's all she was trying to do. She was trying to finish the... Gab, have you ever done that drill before where you have to finish a service point in three shots? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I've done yeah. that drill plenty of times. So Muguruza against Contivate, there was two rallies on serve, first or second serve, where she hit more than three shots. I, I thought Man. that was mind-blowing. I mean... Staggering, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Obviously, you know, Contivate definitely helped with that a little bit. But, I mean, her, her intent on the following shot after the serve was mm. shoot to kill. Yep. Like, 
aggressive, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh. properly aggressive, but it was so controlled as well. Like, it's, it's, it was a masterclass, honestly. I don't think, you know, when Muguruf is in that sort of mood, it takes something something absolutely special. You know, it takes somebody else to step up above that level because that sort of base level of play is really difficult to play against. Yeah. Um, she was just perfect on serve. Okay, yeah, I mean, there was literally three points in one of the games where she totally messed up, and that's why she got broken. And But it was down to her rather than Contivate. She was the one controlling it. Yeah. Um, whereas Contivate service games, she served really well. And I, I, I would say, so in their first match in the round-robin, Gav, I looked into their serving patterns. Contivate served exclusively wide, basically, on mm-hmm. the first serves. So basically trying to open up the court, set up the next point, or the next shot, sorry. In the final, she sacrificed that for variety, basically, trying to just use first yeah, serves. Yeah, unpredict- unpredictable, yeah. Yeah. No, I suppose going to give you an edge. Exactly. And it, it worked to some extent. So she'd obviously looked at that round-robin match and sort of learned from her mistakes. But at the same time, she wasn't able to get that serve plus one as easily as she would have. And she was putting too much on it. Again, nerves played a part. I mean, this would never have happened indoors a few months ago. but And the conditions as well, I mean. But, you know, at the same time, she, she did do a good job of changing her tactics from the first match to play a better match against Mugurupa. Yeah, definitely. she had the right intent. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it was quite interesting from that point of view, but at the end of the day, Muguruza, just too solid on return and serve. And, you know, that just got her over the line, basically. You know, she was able to pull the trigger at the perfect time. She never looked like she was uncomfortable. Backhands down the line, you know, when they're needed, she, she could direct it to the forehand as much as she liked. She was aiming more to Contivate's forehand, obviously, than her backhand. Um, I think it's the forehand. She was really struggling to get in court with the conditions being as they were, you know, getting the ball up and down. Basically, and she just like even even if Contivate had won that second set, Gav Muguruza would have won the match. I think. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, just too solid that base level of play as you mentioned. Um, it's so hard to do anything about because it doesn't. You know, when she plays like that, it's very really dip. You know, there's not a, as big a dip to kind of get in there and impose yourself on the the rallies and the tempo of the of the match. So yeah, you're right. I think she would have won that anyway. But testament to that she got it done in straight sets, dealt with the pressure well, broke to win the match as well. Yeah, I mean. Uh, uh, just uh, uh, yeah, well done to her, of course. And uh, this isn't meant as a a slight honor at all. But would you have called this at the start of the week, Gav? <laughs> I mean, what <laughs> player, uh, what player would you have put above her or uh, put below her in terms? Well, the problem of... is, it's so unpredictable in the first place that you could generally put any of the eight and think they could do it. And they could do yeah. it, but um, probably not. I, just because I think like Spadoza, as you mentioned, were you know they're in better form. Um, yeah, end, but then as you know, you rip the form built up when you go into these events. I know. I mean, I, I mean, I need to learn that obviously, Gab. But I think she might have been the least form player going in in yeah. some ways. So there, you, I mean, it, just mental. It's like Radicano winning the U.S. Open. Would you have told, you told me that uh, that would have happened? I would have been like, nah. no, I know. Yeah, yeah. From qualifying as well. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah this this is one of the least surprising things that have happened this year, and it's still pretty surprising. I mean, pretty that, 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 that sums it. up pretty well. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> No, uh, yeah, so brilliant. I, I'm really happy for Muguruza. I think if she plays that sort of level at a slam next year, 100% could be, you know, she, in contention for one. There's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Right, we'll leave the WT finals there, I think, Gav. Mm-hmm. Okay. And move on to the ATP finals. In Turin, very, very similar to London, I have to say, the aesthetic mm-hmm. of the sport. Of course, they mentioned in the prime coverage about London about 30 times per, per match, I think. Oh, it's not in London. It's like we know there's Torino on the court, yeah. um, which is helpful. But uh, 
bit yeah. faster though, Gav. Faster coat surface. I, I like that personally. I think you get better tennis. I think what we saw in Paris, it became a bit sl- you know, a bit of a slugfest in some matches. Mm-hmm. You saw more unforced errors and winners. Tournament itself, you could say, you know, it was really unfortunate. Berrettini got injured on the Sunday night, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And that match was proving to be really good against Berev. I mean, really entertaining. An hour and yeah. 40 minutes, I think, for a set and two games. Which yeah. Shows you how many rallies were in that one. And then again, Sitsipas pulled out with his elbow. I wasn't too surprised about that because obviously it bugged him a lot in the past. I think he's getting surgery on it now, actually. I think I read is he? That. Is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Why? So that's, that's going to be interesting for next season. But uh, at the end of the day, the main contenders really got it through. Got through to the semis. Uh, you had yeah. Medvedev, Berev, Brock, the big three. Move being surprising, but... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I, well, I, I was going to get there, Gav. I was going to say maybe we could yep. just uh, dive into a few of the round robin matches and then uh, oh, yeah. dive into the semis. Definitely. I, I, so I was just going to shoot a few semi finals, uh, a few round robin matches at you, even, and we could uh, sort of discuss them one by one. Absolutely. So, first one, Rublev v Sitsipas. It's quite a while back now, but. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I was doing predictions for this one. Shout out to my wee last word on tennis page. Um, mm-hmm. I said Rublev in three. But I'm surprised at how straightforward it was. Uh, mm-hmm. pass looked totally flat. It actually looked totally flat. There was no real intensity from the emotions a wee bit. I think yeah, Rublev made that happen. Rublev serving in the first set was phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I've it's never seen him serve as well as that. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he was just serving bombs, really accurate, especially his key serving that on the juice on the outside. Um, passes were done. We know it's not very strong anyway on fast hard court, so. I thought that was always going to be exploited, but yeah, the way he was able to keep that up throughout the match was impressive. As I said, since the past, we don't know what the state of the elbow obviously pulled out um, of the tournament, but you know, it must have. I didn't think it would be that bad if he was able to, to play. I thought he would have just not played through, and if it was really bad, I mean, I, I didn't think he'd go to through in if it was really bothering him, but yeah. definitely it must have been. But no, four and four. I thought it would be three sets, but Rublev served better, and I thought he would be honest. Don't know, but. What you did think? well. I well, so I did a couple of stats on it afterwards. It sort of made me start thinking. You know, do people serve better against Sitsipas as a rule of thumb because they know he's a bad returner, sort of yep. thing, or or is it just because Sitsipas is a bad returner it makes the serve look a bit better? Um, so I started looking at first serve in rate, and actually Sitsipas people serve more first serves against him on average this year than they would against Djokovic, Medvedev, Zverev. So. Mm. 65.4% first serves in against him. Against yep. Zverev, 63.6. Medvedev, 64.1. Djokovic, 61%. I mean, they're all pretty... I mean, they're all lower than Sitsipas is the point. I think yeah. people... I, I think there's something to be said about playing a, a, a bad returner and making it look... Making the other person look like a good server. Because we, we, yeah. we saw Rublev against Djokovic. You know? I, I think that's probably because they don't feel the pressure in terms of, oh, I, I might not be able... I might not need to hit the serve right on the line here because I think it's yeah. not going to hit a return winner or hit it deep back yeah, yeah. anyway maybe that's a factor but no it's, that's an interesting start that um, yeah. very interesting actually well, well done for digging that one out yeah thank you the thank calculations you. yeah yeah. yeah no, it just intrigued me so I, I had to unearth yeah. it basically um, I, I mean it all makes sense because you know you start looking at the, the obviously since the pass is a bad returner just I guess subjectively but actually looking objectively at first serve win rate on hard court, Sitsipas is 72.4%, or sorry, um, the opposite of that. That's how many uh, first serves his opponent wins against him, sorry. So right. 72.4%. And then Djokovic on hard court, 66.2%. Zverev, 70.3%. Yeah. Medvedev, 654 
it's all much lower really than sits of the past and he, it, it's there's so much work to be done. So Rublev beat Sissipas. The other one I was going to talk about was Rublev beat Djokovic. Total oh, yeah. polar opposite oh, to yeah. that. Yeah, as soon as Greg Rzezki said that he heard in the press conference that Rublev said he could get two games. I know, yeah. I thought we were, we were in big trouble here. And I was looking forward to that match. I thought this is going to be great. Two of my favourite players of all. Mm-hmm. Rublev with intensity, Novak with a great defence, attack versus defence. I think, wow, it's like polar opposites playing each other. As soon as Greg said that, I thought, oh no, we're only going to be on for an hour here at top and then we'll be, we'll be done. And that's how it kind of and out. Um, yeah. He got the break in the opening game, Rublev, and I thought, okay, you know, calm down, but he, he made a good start here. And um, that good start lasted for about two more minutes and it just completely fell off a cliff. But Djokovic played very well, but Rublev. He, d- he did. No, he did. And he, Rublev he, just doesn't have the belief for me. It's frustrating. Um, it's, the Djokovic, it's the Djokovic effect, I think, Gav. You know. He scored number ones. I think you were saying this when he played Nadal, US Open, when he was number one, he got back in, I think, 2017, wasn't it? That? Played Nadal yeah. at the US. I think he played Money as world number one, and he got back. He got back in Australia, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was a different. It was a different. different uh, Rublev. Rublev, but it is sort of like he's he's such a great player. You think um, when you see him striking the ball, it's like I wonder why he's not got that belief. You know, what I mean, he, he clearly mm-hmm. loves the game. He's you know, it's all about tennis. But I just question why he's not got that belief when he's got so much asset. His game, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think I could let him off the hook for getting beaten by Djokovic, you know, on a fast hard court, you know, at the end of the year. Yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I mean, you, talk, you before the match, I would, you know, saying that. Yeah, at I get conference, that. I mean, not Novak probably think, wow, he really doesn't believe at all against me if he's saying stuff like that. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It gives him so much confidence, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe a bit too much respect. Maybe that's yeah. just me being a wee bit overly critical. But yeah. As a paying fan, yeah. If, as a paying fan, if I'm going to that match and I hear that beforehand, I'm thinking, Whoa, I'm gonna uh, yeah. yeah, I get that. I was gonna say you'd never hear that sort of thing from Medvedev or Zverev, no. basically. Well, apart but, from if it's in play for Medvedev, maybe. Maybe you yeah, did, yeah. did ask if he'd be faulting against Karatsev. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Actually, fantastic. Medvedev oh, was laughing as well. That was he's a character man. I was just gonna quickly talk about a very uh, interesting stat just regarding that Gav mm-hmm. on uh, the first time Joko effect, first time meetings for Joko post two thousand and eleven. Apologies yep. if you're a Twitter follower of mine, but I don't think many people saw this. I did like this stat, so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna flog it definitely. I I, I really like it. He's gone one hundred and ten matches wins. Sorry. Yep. Match wins to seven losses in first yep. time meetings since two thousand eleven. Oh no, this is where the quiz questions coming. Who were the seven? No, it? no, no. Oh, well, well I mean, if if you want to chime in with a few of them, but Yuri, I was just going to. Vesely must have been one, surely. Boom! Yeah, yeah, that is one. Yeah, yeah. Boom. Yuri Vesely's got a one 0 head to head versus him. Since the past must be one. That was Toronto, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, you're oh. making the quiz question happen here, Gav. I wasn't well, going to ask it, but <laughs> I don't want to too early, you know. Um... <laughs> you're quite right. What, what, I've actually got myself into a hole here where people are going to think, why, why is he not naming the other five? But, um, <laughs> um, so, yeah, sorry, Cam, Cam Norrie was the 110th yes. first meeting, by the way. Um, yeah. The 110th first match meeting win, if that makes yeah. sense. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, so, yeah, the other five, I could give you some Berev clues. Better than 2017 Rome, was that a first meeting? Yeah. Okay, we're taking my gas. Um, mm-hmm. Dan Evans? No. Did he play Novak or Monte Carlo? You're right, you're right. Oh my god, it's actually it's actually I'm gonna have to rewrite my whole stat. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you're I've you, outstarted you, the stat master. You, you have, yeah, oh my god. Wow. I'll keep I'll keep this in so that 
I mean, you turned that into a quiz question, I guess, but you've uh, yeah. quiz questioned the, the quiz master, I, I guess. the Matrix, don't I? That, that's the problem. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Dan Evans is one as well. Sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's actually 110 to 8. Well, okay. There you yeah. go. Well, I feel like Mark Petrie would be like really proud right now. <laughs> he totally would be. I, yeah. I mean, he'll be listening to this, Mark Petrie. Yeah, well, like, yeah, he'll be, give he'll be getting a pat in touch, the begging, back. begging us to let him on. <laughs> interview, I think. Yeah. Do you, want, do you want some clues in the other ones then? Or a slam in 2017, I think. Is right, or is it twenty? Yes, yes, yes. It was Marco Cecchinato in twenty. Yeah. Twenty. I think it might be twenty eighteen actually. Yeah, but you, yeah, you caught my gist anyway. Cecchinato was one. Yeah. Um, and then another early defeat, I think, in twenty eighteen. You'll you'll kick yourself. I said Nick Kyrgios. Oh, well, does he still <laughs> play tennis? To be fair. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, that's he true. Yeah. Play tennis. I mean, that was the, <laughs> the, 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 um, he was playing. He was playing something else. You're quite right. I was thinking of Kong Chung for some reason, even though he doesn't. He's been injured for a while, but yeah, he, yeah, he, he won his first meeting versus Chung actually. Yeah, but you're you're quite yeah. right. That would have been a good guess. The the last one was from last year, at the end of the year. Oh yes, it was Sonego and Diana. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I wasn't going to ask you that, Gav. I, I thought that question was way too difficult. But so yeah, I mean, amazing record from Djokovic. Obviously, you know, I just think anybody who doesn't appreciate him by now probably is never going to appreciate him. But there you go, just another thing to add to his uh, holster of of records. I mean, you've been seeing that for about five, ten years. I know you have. Yeah. <laughs> uh, next match I was going to talk about was the. Actually, we can talk about that in a second because yeah. the first round robin match of. Uh, Zverev v Medvedev will tie into the final, so we'll sort yeah. of cover that at the same time. Sinner Harkatch, very quickly. What a debut for Sinner. I mean, Harkatch yeah. completely unable to keep up with the Italian who's phenomenal from start thinking, to finish. I was thinking about this. I, I think maybe since they're so evenly matched, remember there was that doubt of whether Harkatch would actually make it to two, and uh, I thought maybe the pressure might have been like, okay, I feel since I've qualified, I've got to beat this alternate. I think he maybe put too much pressure on his own shoulders there. Um, mm-hmm. But the home crowd as well. Probably didn't help a catch his cause because he was getting like booed when he was walking yeah. out. It's like, how can you boo the guy? He's, he seems like a solid, solid guy, you know, sound, but he's the nicest guy on. I think they're the two nicest guys on tour, to be honest. He was taking pelters from the crowd when he was walking out. And it was <laughs> like, mad. How could you boo her catch? He's like the you most I know. Um, lovable guy ever. He's so nice. Like, and he plays in the same bracket as me, so there's that connection. Yeah. Except he, yeah. he sells about 50 mile an hour quicker, but. Apart from that, that was similar. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I, I was going to say, so, I mean, obviously people who watched Harkatch and Center in Miami might have expected a different result, but hmm. honestly, the the environment was, I mean, or the conditions in general were completely yeah. different. So, yeah. Yeah, really slow courts. Not really slow courts, but slow for a, a hard court in Miami. The obviously, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The crowd were obviously against our catch here as well our four center i think is more important and there was no nerves really i mean it was a round robin match he had nothing to lose i think yeah. nerves definitely played a part in miami where he couldn't really create his own pace he wasn't yeah comfortable i mean doing catch had a couple of early break point chances in both sets and he just yeah. didn't, wasn't able to take them so yeah i guess and i kind of you know managed to get out of that sticky situation and uh probably got a bit of confidence from that as well yeah yeah i think just, uh, there's just a lot to be said for center on a fast court i think yeah. he's yeah. mad yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like, good. yeah, skiddy. Exactly. He's he's a bit of an all court player. Definitely. Obviously, he can play on slow courts, but when you see him in full flow on a fast court, it's yeah. uh, terrifying. Yeah, definitely. Old player. 
so yeah, it brings me on to the Sinner made Videv match, which was uh, one of the mental. most bizarre matches I've ever seen. Yeah, Dead Rubber, of course, which they decided to put as a night match because Sinner was, you know, the Italian home crowd favourite. Um, yeah, but I mean, yeah, really wise, obviously, to put this very far catch match first and, uh, yeah. you know, totally. Yeah. If, if they put the other match first, then you would have definitely had a live rubber yeah. in the evening. It's, uh, my point, but yeah, yeah as you say, I, know, Gav, I, I think, saw it. I'm just like, what are they doing? Um, it's, fa- it's fair enough having the Italian in the, the evening, and actually, the match panned out quite well. Yeah, and uh, Sinner on that one, to be fair, he, he was like similar to what her catch was like in the Wednesday. He was like, mm-hmm. to- or the Tuesday night, rather, he was totally nervous at the start. Medvedev was dominating the match, thought this could be over really quickly. I think Medvedev had a great point early in the second set, and he missed a forehand into the net. And then Sinner got out that game. It just seemed to liven up a wee bit. He used the crowd energy, and that that's important to note because um, throughout his two matches, he was certainly more vocal towards the crowd. He was giving it fist bump. He was using the crowd really well. Mm. Um, and he, he got the crowd on his side. Medvedev got actually quite irritated by the end of the match. He saw what the two first serves he was doing when he was like great point down and match point down. Um, mm-hmm. He had that service game, I think, where he saved three great points for like 200k serves, and he, he won them. I mean, I think I think his coach, um, Gilles Savara. Yeah, is it Gilles Savara? I keep getting his and Rublev's mixed up. Yeah, it's Gilles Savara. Yeah, the yeah. Camera just kept panning to space, and he was like, "Oh God, what what's he doing?" But like, Medvedev, yeah. that, that's Medvedev in a nutshell. And yeah, I know. Yeah. So, yeah, Fernando but, Vicente, by the way, is um, yeah, Andrew, Andrew Andrew yeah, yeah. Like that's why I get mixed up. You know? Yeah, yeah. Lo- loads to say about this, Gav. So the the, the bagel first. Yeah. In, it very interesting start again. Uh, Sinner's been mm. bageled seven times in his career already. Yes. He's won. He's won three of those matches, and yep. he's taken at least a set in five of the matches overall. I'm not going to name those matches, but yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> I I would never have got it myself. So I think we could be here all day if if yeah, you're trying first to remember those matches. That Nadal match, Roland Garros. Uh, Simon comes to mind as well, but I think he he won that match. Yeah, against Simon. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So point is, anyway, bounce back ability. You know, even if it gets bageled, he's 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 very up for keeping the match going. Definitely, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a lot to be said for that sort of that sort of guy. Definitely. Yep. Um, but but yeah, other stuff that was going on during the match, as you say, like second serves at two hundred kilometers an hour. Yeah, Medvedev looked totally disinterested sometimes. Like one of the change of ends, he was yawning and stuff. Pretend <laughs> yawning, yep. hand to his mouth, and you know, he was. I think he was. Saved one of the match points against him with a two hundred kilometer second serve as well. I love Medvedev a lot. He might be my favorite player to watch, to be honest. But yeah, with that that sort of just bizarre play. Yeah, well, it was pushing it to the limit for a wee bit for me. I'm like, come on, Daniel. and it exactly. handshake was legendary. I think Medvedev wanted a proper conversation. Center was pretty much like the I know he was off. off. Yeah, he was off. He was yeah, off. yeah, yeah. I get that. I don't think I that was disrespectful. Well. I've you know? done worse. After losing a match, yeah, we won't go there. But it was Medvedev that was doing the two hundred kilometer an hour second serves, the yawn at change of ends, you know, the sort of just chaos, pretty much. Some yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of just you know being a little bit dismissive of the other player, basically. And yeah, I think it's fair enough for Sinner to sort of feel a bit hard done by. Absolutely. Definitely. With the round robin matches done, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about a few of the doubles matches. Um, first thing I wanted to talk about, Gav, I'm sure you'll have loads to say yourself, but I just wanted to talk about some of the drama that went on during the doubles matches. Yeah. I don't know how much of this you saw. Well, the, was it the hindrance call that you're talking about, the Salisbury the, one? There was three different things I have yeah, to talk about. That was the main one that I saw, but Robbie Coney was, I think, jumping about, jumping out his chair for most of it, I think. He was, like, properly into He it. was, yeah, yeah, he was. So, yes, basically Salisbury went for a volley and a split second before 
Jamie Murray shouted, come on, because yep. you know, he thought he'd won the point. It, it looked as though it was definitely hitting Joe's frame either way, but yeah, the umpire said there was no grounds for Henry's basically. And Joe thought, well, you know, even if I'm not getting the ball back, he called out before the point was over. It affects your concentration, I guess, you know. But that, I mean, you, you watch the replay... And I mean, they did a video review, did they mm-hmm. not? Or am you I did. wrong about you that? did do a yeah, video review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah then I, I think that's fair enough. I mean, that's the common deep. sense way. Just, just get a video review. Um, that happened to Medvedev in a football, I think. The football he got oh, yeah, against Medvedev. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's good to have the video review. It's common sense. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but, but uh, my point was going to be, Joe still disagreed with the umpire watching the yep. video review. And this also happened in another match as well. Yep. In fact, it happened in all three of these situations I'm about to talk about. Um, yep. So it's, it's it's quite interesting. You get the video review and they still don't agree. So another one I was going to talk about, drama with Mektic and Pavic v. Gonoris v. Zabaios. Yes. Mektic backhands a return yep. of serve, basically, and he waits until the ball lands into the bottom of the net before he puts his hand up to challenge. So yeah. the umpire basically makes the argument that, you know, he, he'd waited too long. Mm-hmm. I think she was right, to be honest. But then you see other players do that all the time. It's not there's no consistency. Yeah, there's no real real is it that covers it sort of discretion. That that's where the problem really lies. I think you're always gonna get differences of opinion and there's no way to sort it out. Yeah. And I think the la- the last one as well was uh Granoyers visa ba uh Granoyers the bias, sorry, yeah. v Kravitz and Takao. They hit the ball over the net. Yeah, so they hit the, the ball with the racket over the mm-hmm. net. But when they did the video review to see if that definitely was the case, the, yeah. I mean, the freeze frame showed you like nothing. Like the 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 frame where he made impacts was, you literally couldn't tell. Yeah, I think. I mean, right. she had to make a judgment call, and when they showed it back to Ganoyers, he totally disagreed with the umpire. Drama, isn't it? It is. It is. Troubles is great to watch. Okay, it's brilliant. You're quite right. But I mean, all of these uh, took place in tie breaks, I think, Gav, and all of them. The player still disagreed with the umpire when the video review was shown. Yeah, I think that's probably been stubborn, though. When they're in the wrong, they're still going to question things. But yeah, the doubles was, was fantastic. It was, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you saw the double tweener point. Uh, yeah. Mektic, Fabric, V, Solgren, Ram. Yeah. yeah. Point of the, one of the points of the year. Br- brilliant stuff. I, I think I'm, I'm going to make the argument. I know uh, Solgren, Ram lost in the final, unfortunately, to if we're talking home support to you know i like pierre hughes and um nicholas mahu of course but yeah. um yeah i think the i think there's an argument to be made they might be the partnership of the year i mean mektic and pavic might have won nine titles but second half of the year certainly after wimbledon definitely um, second definitely half of the year, the second half of the year but yeah yeah mektic and pavic at the start of the season were, were a joke i think they won like 12 out of 13 camp tiebreak i mean that's just yeah, yeah I, I can't know, yeah. win one let alone 12 um, yeah that's just ridiculously good <laughs> Um, and uh, like that, it's really important to say like that is just unworldly out of this world to win twelve out of thirteen champions tiebreak and top level doubles. It is, but so, uh, I mean they, they were saying this week. Um, Solzbjerg Ram have actually earned more prize money than Mertesacker and Pavic. Solzbjerg Ram have been fantastic, uh, especially champions champs tiebreaks in the big moments. I remember the Toronto final; they beat Mertesacker and Pavic in a champs tiebreak, and it was like so Solzbjerg played the perfect. Champs tiebreak to get, get that match yeah. over the line. Um, yeah, 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 and they do it a lot. I mean, yeah. the two, the two of them as one handers to have returns like that. Yeah, outstanding. Well, I, we're, I talk, we're talking about one handed returns. Nicolas Mahu in the semis in the final. I mean, I think there was yeah. one yesterday. The inside out backhand. 
That's yeah. the that's the Joe Salisbury special. Yeah, Mahu yeah. absolutely nailed it on the line. It was just ridiculous. He gave it gave it right back to Joe. Exactly. Yeah. He's he's been. I think Mahu's like a force in nature. Like every time I watch him play doubles, I think this guy's ridiculous. And they keep saying his age. He's like, and I think he's thirty nine now. He's like thirty nine. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. A joke. I mean. Him and I'm surprised. I mean, I know they won the French Open this year, but I'm surprised that they don't play more regularly. I know how Bear likes playing yeah. singles, but it's like they've played regularly together. I mean, they've won all four uh, Grand Slams and the World Cup. Getting close to twice. the Masters. Yeah, World Cup finals twice as well. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm sure they've only got about you know two Masters off yeah. their resume, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So easily. Yeah. Yeah. They were amazing. And Olympic uh, gold. They could get the Olympic gold. They could do the career. Yeah. Do what Novak's done in singles, effectively. No. Definitely, yeah, yeah. It was good to, I mean, yeah, I think I would have picked them to win against anybody bar Sol's, well, maybe, obviously, Jamie Murray and uh, Bruno Suarez, but apart from mm-hmm. that, you know, I, yeah, I liked to see them winning, so it was good to see them winning the tournament, definitely. Absolutely. And it was quite a dominant match, to be honest, no break points against them. Yeah. 6-4, yeah, 7-6, obviously, for a doubles match at the ATP Finals, that's pretty, you know, one-sided, especially a 7-0 tiebreak. Doubles is great, people give it a lot of hate, but you definitely get more Televised time. Yeah, I'm glad we've picked it up, Gav, because now we've given it a bit more podcast time. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. So we've done our part. Definitely. Done our part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to the semi-finals of the the singles mm. then? Yep. Yeah. So we had Medvedev v Rude and Zverev v Djokovic. Yes. Medvedev v Rude first was all a bit, you know, kind of one-sided. It went. Yeah, I thought it would. Yeah. Went how I thought it would. Um. <laughs> Don't get me wrong, Ruse improved as a hardcore player, but you know, Rublev I thought really should have won that match on the, the Friday. I think he made a bit of a mess yeah. of it from a mental standpoint. Rublev yeah, played yeah. very well, let's not take anything away from him, but I think Rublev didn't handle it very well from an emotional standpoint as well. Uh, I think yeah, he had the match in his hands. And he, he did, he just let it slip away. And that's setting it. a break up. Uh, um, so I kind of thought, yeah, Medvedev's just a different level of hardcore player to Ruse, I think, which might sound a bit harsh. But I think just you know, you look at Medvedev's success in the hard court and you think, you know, he's just a level above Rue and that stuff is, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, we were talking... for Rue, I think if Rue played Medvedev and yeah, yeah. Rue's, you know, a class above and clay, but on this thousand, stuff, thousand yeah. percent, yeah, yeah. It becomes, um, you know, about the, the, the forehand on uh, the clay and it becomes about yeah. the, the serve and return on the hard courts, definitely. Yeah. And, um, you know, each player outclasses the other mm-hmm. in their respective fields on uh, those surfaces definitely that's yep. kind of all it was it was pretty standard basically is what i was going to say you know um not a super exciting match just Medvedev kind of rolling basically yeah so um but uh yes very v djokovic that was a mental match great match the first set i'll put it out there i think that's the finest serving performance i've seen from two players in a set i can't remember anything anywhere near as dominant as that i think it was a stat that Djokovic had served 35 down the T points. He'd won them all in a row. 35 points down the T. Wow, that's mad. Yeah. And he was winning over 70% of second serve points as well. That was serve dominated. But yeah. what was really important to mention about that match was that I think it was at one stage in the third set, he said Zverev had won over double the points over nine that Djokovic had won. Yeah. He'd won something like 20 points to nine of Djokovic, and that's like, you know, rallies over nine shots. So he effectively beat Djokovic at his own game. Yeah. Didn't have to go to plan B. Djokovic, I think, tried to be more aggressive in the second set, but I think he, there was that strange lull in the match at the start of the second set where he looked like he was sort of a bit disinterested, a wee bit frustrated. 
very yeah. big chances he couldn't take. And then he kind of woke up again, I think at four all or something. You know, he became more aggressive, used his forehand, tried to get up the court more. Berev was phenomenal. Phenomenal. Yeah. I think that's the best I've seen him defend from the back of the court. I mean, obviously, yeah, yeah, I know as well. I was going to say, it was a different feel to his Olympic win. Yeah. Definitely. Well, you know, it wasn't him blowing uh, Novak off the court necessarily. It's been really solid and difficult yeah. to break down, effectively beating Novak at his own game. Yeah, which I honestly would say I've not seen him do, to be honest. I've not seen him do that. Yeah. yeah, you've got you, you beat you beat him in Rome, you beat him in the Olympics, you beat him in finals twenty eighteen. Yeah, yeah, and uh, sort of all of those matches weren't that. I think this is the first time I've seen him tactically outplay him. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was game. a match of his career, best match played in his career. Personally. Interesting, yeah. Up cool. until today, obviously, which probably could overtake it, but I think given the what was on the line, the, the caliber of Djokovic, the dominance he had all week. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'd give him the Olympics match. I think definitely. I think that was more. For me, that was more impressive, definitely, just the level of aggression. Yeah, probably more of an impressive turnaround, but I think the, the standard he played probably was higher, more consistently yeah. higher throughout this match. Uh, finals there, if you made the devil, a little bit underwhelming, I would say. It was. If yeah. it was. Um, but uh, there was some interesting stuff there, Gav. Um, one, of the, one of the best stats that came up, but it was Zverev's uh, double fault to A3, 53 aces to four double faults in Turin, yep. compared to, I mean, I think it was like 13 times the amount of aces to double faults in Turin compared yep. to two and a half times the amount of aces to double faults in 2021. Yep. That is a big, 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 big difference. I mean, that can't be understated at all. Yeah, his serving was phenomenal. The yeah. entire tournament, um, that mm. can't be understated, especially at the weekend. Uh, but yeah, I think what was crucial was, I think it was the, when he broke Medvedev in the first set, you could tell he was a wee bit tight. He's like He wasn't swinging through in the ground stroke and it was the backhand at the top of the tape. Mm. Then bounced over. Yeah, I know, yeah, yeah. You got the bloody neck cord. I was thinking when I was watching the point, he's way too fast up here. And then he won the point. I kind of thought today's his day, and it was. Yeah. You know, he kind of just bounced up from there. His level kind of went up in the ground strokes. He started going for his ground strokes more. Some of the forehands he hit was. Yeah, yeah. What one one tactical shift I saw from Zverev, and it's absolutely bizarre. He's not tried this before. I, yeah. I have a, I have a free theory behind this, and I'll tell you in a second. But so Zverev targeted the forehand almost exclusively the whole yeah. match like he just yep. kept going back there over and over again mm-hmm. and it kind of played it as you'd expect Medvedev if he's deep in the court with the forehand he will struggle to get up in the point yep. you know, if, if he takes on a forehand from inside the baseline fair enough but if you can keep him back and I mean Zverev's forehand's good I, I don't know if it's underrated necessarily but certainly it doesn't get quite as much credit as it deserves because actually yeah. it's a really good shot Zverev was taking the initiative from the rallies and playing a bit closer to the baseline as well and which meant he was the aggressor and mm-hmm. uh, you know Medvedev what you're right Medvedev was not controlling or dictating the play at all really yeah, yeah. Um, he was more aggressive which is what I've been trying out to do just have confidence don't just rally from the back try and you know use your uh, weapons but with a target, with a target, if you go aggressive into Medvedev's backhand over and over again, I think you're going to lose. Like, yeah, it's, it's about implementing the tactic properly, and he did. You know, the forehand's the shot that will break down more often. Yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, my my theory behind the reason for this tactical change, or the, or the I guess, I don't know, the tactical shift in general, is I, I don't think he's ever done it in the past because he wanted to prove that he had a better backhand than Medvedev. I don't see why on earth he'd just keep getting into these backhand oh, cross yeah. rallies. I just think it's stubbornness, Gav, to be honest. Yeah, no, t- yeah. 
Yeah, as I said before, he's got all, he's a fantastic player, but tactically he's not been the best in the past, and it looked yeah. like you know he's got him moved on. He was, he's up his game tactically, which is good to see. Mm. Um, just use your weapons is what I tell him. If I was his coach, he's like, you've got a great backhand, you've got a powerful forehand, a bomb of a serve, use mm-hmm. them, but just get stuck behind the baseline, rallying, yeah. the shot. You know, you've got the opportunity to use your weapons. I, I think when you watch top 10 players face off against each other, the, the number of forehand cross-court rallies that keep going on is yep. so minimal. In this match, there were so many. There was, and yeah. I think, as you say, Zverev, if, that, if, that, if that's the precedent, if that's the rally that you know that comes to play a lot of the time, Zverev is the one that's going to hit a forehand yeah. annoyed first. And you read Medvedev's serve locations really well as well. He returned fantastically well, especially in the first set. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. A few other stats as well. No break points faced for Zverev at all. That's With the fight. win... I know, yeah, yeah, it's mad, but there you go. I, before, actually, I move on to the other stats, sorry. Um, so no break points faced, mm-hmm. which is really surprising. I think Medvedev did not take advantage a few times of the fact that there was clearly, maybe not nerves from Zverev, but certainly a little bit of pressure. So I think it was 30 all near the end of the second set, and this second serve did get ruled in, and Medvedev yeah. was stood a few feet behind, like a, you know, a few metres, sorry, behind the baseline. He he wasn't willing, because Zverev set the precedent of, oh, I might, Serve a first serve for a second serve. Yeah, Medvedev wasn't willing to yeah. step in. Yeah, and he got punished for that, really. Yeah, I don't think Medvedev put the pressure onto Zverev when he really should have. Yeah, basically. Oh, yeah, because right. yeah. I don't think at thirty all four three or whatever it was in the second set, Zverev's gonna have the confidence to hit a big second serve, and he, he didn't. And Medvedev paid the price. Yeah, basically. Oh, right. um, but, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it was an amazing win for Zverev with the win. Six titles this year, most titles of anyone this season. 6 yep. 0 in finals as well. I don't know if you missed that one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is pretty uh, Yeah, sick. thinking myself, actually, like, he has won a hell of a lot of titles this year. Oh, yeah. Dominant in a lot of them as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 6 0 in finals is brilliant, obviously. Yeah. Um, f- fourth player to beat world number one and world number two in the semi finals and final of the yeah. ATP finals after Lendl in 82, Edberg 89, Agassi in 1990. Yep. Tenth player as well to win multiple titles at the and ATP finals. Start, the last player to go through and win the whole event without dropping a set in singles, Ivan Lendl in 1986. Really? Yep. Interesting. So that's a wee shout out. That's my start for the week done. That's a very interesting one, Gab. I would have expected yeah. Federer and his uh, sort of Hedy to have maybe had a. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, no. I think you're right, though. Shout out, Ivan. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Deserves a bit of credit. Right. Should we? Um. Should we wrap up there? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Thank yeah. you very much, everybody, for for hanging around this long. We hope you enjoyed the ATP Finals, WTA Finals. Yeah. Going forward now. I mean, Davis Cup and that's it. But yeah, probably Davis Cup. It's where, um, where the hell is the Davis Cup? How can you watch it? Um, seems to oh, be we'll, like. We'll hopefully figure that out. <laughs> I'm um, I don't know. Just straight off the bat, it might be a little bit later than usual. The podcast episode next week because yeah. I'm on holiday, fortunately, just for the, for the weekend. Yeah, I'll wait to work. Aberdeen. I'll be working. I mean, the episode might not be at the normal time, just for everybody, everybody's awareness. I'll, I'll just let you know of that. And yeah, we'll probably be covering the Davis Cup, maybe the Battle of the Brits as well. But as far as tennis events go, well, we'll we'll see. I'll, I'll let everybody know in the next episode what the schedule looks like. But there might be lesser episodes. We might be able to cover something else. Yeah. We'll figure something out, I'm sure, Gav. Um, yeah, thank you very much for hanging around for the 20th episode. If you want to catch any of our work, please go to jackedward.substack.com. You can also go to Gav's last word on tennis articles. We might yeah. be doing Davis Cup predictions, possibly. We'll see. Yeah. Um, He's also going to be doing a few articles, I imagine, on 
a few players from this yeah. year just to sort of round up. Yearly reviews, yeah. Yeah, I think I will also be doing the same. Um, yeah, until then, thank you very much for joining us. This has been the Online Tennis Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thank you.